0: Today's episode of Better Call Saul is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Cufflinks.com. Head on over to Cufflinks.com and use code DVR20 to save 20% off your order, no minimum. Cufflinks.com has the greatest products for looking good. They have all the geeky stuff. Man, if you want like a Star Wars tie pin, you want some Cufflinks that have the Captain America shield, Game of Thrones, all the sports teams, college sports teams. They have everything to add that little touch to make you look great. So look awesome when you step out the door tomorrow. Go to cufflinks.com. Use code DVR20 today. One is the loneliest number that you'll ever do. Two can be as bad as one. It's the loneliest number since the number one. Oh, baby! Starting off with a little singing, and I'm all alone. Welcome back to Daily DVR Does Better Call Saul. My name is Axel, and I'm all alone. I'm solo, baby. Solo is not with me this week i don't have a guest i decided to do this one all by my lonesome to talk about the penultimate episode of the best show on tv better call saul what an episode first off you can find out more about us at dvrpodcast.com you become a patron like ian just did over at patreon.com slash dvr you can join james and jenny and gina and brett and andy and bill and derek and so many other people so many great Kellum. so many great people who are our patrons for a long period of time matt murdick um so many we love you all tons of exclusive pods and if you have been keeping up with us this season go over to patreon support the pod come on help us out do it up go over to the facebook join our daily dvr facebook page where we're talking about all types of stuff um and that's all the plugin i got for you today so let's get into this episode wow uh what an episode (laughs) um i guess we saw kim again huh Uh, got to see the other side of the phone conversation. We got to see what she has been up to in the time that has passed. And before we get into things today, I wanted to do something, which is I wanted to look at the actual timeline, because I think this is something that bears remembering. Okay. So. If you look at Better Call Saul, the first episode, and this is, I'm looking right here at the Breaking Bad wiki, okay? And this is the, but we're talking about Better Call Saul, but you know the deal. Better Call Saul begins May 13th to the 25th, that's the first episode, 2002, okay? And where we ended off in season six with the whole plan of that happened to Howard and Howard dying and the aftermath and Kim leaving was approximately June 25th to 29th of 2004. So Better Call Saul takes place over the course of May 2002 to June 2004, or really early July, okay, let's put it there. About two years, a little over two years, right? Then we have the events of Breaking Bad, which take place approximately 2004, around then, till 2007, okay? Be less specific about that because I don't. We, we don't need to dig into the details of that, right? Now, the last episode that we saw, the episode we're talking about tonight, Waterworks, takes place... December 5th and 6th of 2010. So it is a full six years, six and a half years after Kim left Saul. Okay. And the events that we saw in the divorce, right, when they're signing the papers, was around late 2004, according to the paperwork. So, still. Six years later. Six years. So what we saw of Kim, which is the scene with her new bow. <laughs> um, what's what what's that dude's name? Let's see. Uh, I oh I can't I don't know I don't know if I have that guy's name down. Uh, but but her new uh, what should we call them? Norm Normcore Nick I'll steal one from The Bachelor Normcore Nick her her new boyfriend and all that's been going on at Palm Coast sprinklers okay that's six years I'm taking a pause because I want that to sink in. Because it wasn't until after I rewatched the episode and then took a little notes and been reading up to prepare for this podcast that that really hit me. I don't know if I felt that while I was watching it, right? And I know that they don't put, they don't do the titles of the year. And I know that they... We are fans, and we can look it up. Hey, I just looked it up. Not that hard, right? I'm not blaming, and I don't want to be uh, negativo, but I will say I'm going to watch this episode again and when I for a third time, and when I think about that, it's going to have a different resonance to me. This isn't just a couple months. All the events of Breaking Bad plus other events have like life has moved on. She said goodbye to him in 2004. And we are now picking up with her in 2010. So when we think about why a call from him would provoke turning herself in and unburdening herself of that guilt, Those six years hang very heavily in my thoughts when I think about why Kim did what she did. And it puts it into a perspective for me that is something beyond my real understanding, in a sense. Um, I've never done anything as bad as what they have done. I'm not... I'm in no way a saint. I've made some bad choices in my life, as we all have. But just realizing the weight of that and thinking about how what Jimmy did to move past it and, and her and what she did to move past him, right? It brings to mind an email that we got from our very good friend Reginald I'm gonna bring that email up it seems as though many have already opined about the significance of playing escape the Pina Colada song in the background of the picnic scene of waterworks they say that obviously the song is referring to Kim she wants to escape from Saul her old life and she did there you have it that's reasonable but I believe the song relates more to Saul. Unlike the narrator of the song, Saul knows that the person he is or was in relationship with is really what he wants. But tragically, like the Bard of Escape, Saul doesn't really know his partner. Saul tremendously underestimates Kim's moral fiber. Six years apparently softened her enough so that when she was challenged by Saul to turn herself in, She was strong enough to practice what she said she was preaching to him. What he said she was preaching to him. That's right. He said, stop preaching at me. In my last email, I said that my mind was made up about Kim. And we agreed with you, pal. And that I didn't need to see her anymore. I'm changing my stance completely. I agree with you, pal. It's great to see her not only do the right thing by confessing to the authorities and Howard's widow... It's also good to see her show some sorrow for everything when she broke down on the way home. Now, I got to agree with Reginald. Reginald is like the third co-host of this show this season. We thank you, brother. Thank you very much. Um, I, was hap- I was kind of happy with Kim going off and this, to me, the breakdown on the bus. Reginald had another email. Um where he was talking about the symbology of Kim's journey and that one hand that comes out and touches her looks like an older woman as she's breaking down. That's us, right? Isn't that us? That's the audience. We're saying we, we, wow, Kim, because I think in putting into perspective that six years and thinking about how she kind of dulled her life, it seems as though she's finding energy and purpose and obsession, right, with numbers or sorting things out or working out a puzzle, solving problems. Because in the end, that's why I think so many people have said like Saul should have been a film director. I've talked about it before the correlation between being an artist and a criminal um the recreation of life the uh the transmorgification if I'm saying that right um the perversion of of reality right control Kim too has that right They are two peas in a pod and I think that pulling totally away from that in everything, but just being able to concentrate on this job of we need the right freaking fastener for plumbing or whatever the hell she was doing. Right. And that's funny because the name of the episode is waterworks in so many ways that works that title. Um, She's this, she's concentrated all that on something that's actually good, right? That's good. That's her job. She's finding worth in it. She's finding value in it. Um, It affords her an opportunity to have a life where she has a boyfriend, norm core or not. Like it's, it's easy to look at this life of Kim and see all the friends and, oh, it's some boring suburban life. Right. But. That's all she ever wanted, people. She just wanted her mom to pick her up from school. She just wanted to live a normal life. So the fact that she's been able to achieve it and not have constant fucking drama, now that she's been able to achieve it, she's reminded of who she was and that whole life becomes in opposition to that instead of supporting her right instead of being a testament to how she escaped that childhood and this bad shit in albuquerque it becomes a a desecration of all of that that it's all a joke because she's just really hiding from the things she did it puts it into focus for her and uh to me that's an amazing feat to get me to feel like the character because of that passage of time and to just show those few scenes that they showed that's all they needed um wow that was really some powerful stuff now as far as turning herself in I got to admit to you, folks, I am never a fan of this in television. In the 25th hour, I was like, why is this even a debate? Go. You know what I mean? Like the criminal justice system, we incarcerate. I'm not going to get into it, but I I would (laughs) just trust me. that That would not be me. Going to the wife and somehow being able to just make it her word against your, that's something different. You know, and that's only because of the reality of the system. But I think when I when I progress on that, let's really say what uh, Sandrine said. You know, the law, are you going to get in trouble for this right in the end after Kim does this? We're like, is she when she's reading the note, I'm like, or the letter, I should say the confession. I was like, is this really happening Wait, that's not. Am I putting these words together correctly? It's like my mind couldn't comprehend that she was doing it. But then at the end, she says, Howard's widow, but you, you know what's going to happen to you. Are you really going to be held responsible? Because when you break it down, so she was forced to go by gunpoint, by Lala, there were so many situations where probably her testimony or her further, um, yeah, her further testimony and evidence of what occurred, the authorities would be more interested in that than prosecuting her. So by my estimation, she probably played all that out. Right. So that's what makes me, I got, I was all feeling for Kim. So Reginald, are you with me here? Solo, you with me too, baby? We got my two co-hosts on either on either shoulder. Did was did Kim already know what her sentence would be, or does she already know um, that she won't be fully prosecuted for this, and will most likely get either a slap on the wrist or her full cooperation will lead to no jail time? I don't know. We'll see next episode and that might put this all into a different perspective. So let's leave Kim there. By the way, amazing performance. Emmy, Emmy. We're going to do an Emmy show on Daily DVR. We'll talk all about it. Definite Emmy there. Such a beautifully shot episode. These black and they're really using this black and white in such a beautiful way. They're not overdoing the shadows. Uh, Which can become kind of look a little, you know, old schooly, as my son would say, a little hammy. They're just playing it flat and straight. But then sometimes they'll throw it in there, you know. This stuff, uh, particularly as we move over to Gene. This stuff when he's in the cancer guy's house that was shot so well. And, you know, one of the hardest things, having shot frickin'... I've done my 10,000 hours behind a camera, folks. Having shot so much shit in my time, really what I think the audiences have become much more savvy about even editing a number of takes and a wide, a mid, a close, you know what I'm saying? Establishing shots. People know this stuff now, and that's great. I'm happy about that. But I think one thing that people really don't take into account is creating space and um how placing the camera can make a certain place appear different than it truly is even and i'm not talking about special effects now they put you in, in the volume but even just in that the way that they showed you if you look back strategically shot and showed you how the house actually has this weird staircase that goes up to like an uh, what is that uh, like a what do they call like an arch and an overhang where you're looking down in like a balcony where you're looking down into the living room but it's really just kind of a small man cave area and how they chose that house and then used it so if it was just like a beautiful little short film that's the care that they take With the whole enchilada, which is just brilliant to me that they were like, okay, we got it. All right. It's just like such kind of simple filmmaking, but it's just, it's fundamentals. Myself as a filmmaker, when I watch better call Saul, it's like when uh, a coach watches football or something and they get impressed by line play. You know, and they're like, I like the fundamentals. That's good tackling, right? Well, I'm like, this is good spatial awareness. They just always know where to put the camera. And then the way they invent the whole thing of the guy sitting on the steps and then how was he going to hit him with that? Like, see, this is the depths that Gene has gone to and how that phone call propelled him in the other way. And, you know that 6 years in the same way it's had kim seemingly repress but it create a life that she always wanted and he create just the worst disgusting life and become who he is which is a guy who i hope gets caught next episode um is remarkable he just keeps pushing it But hey, I can feel him too. We've all had things in our lives, whether it's addictions or obsessions or men or women or love affairs or whatever, things that you just can't let go of, you know? And he just can't let go of being in control like this. And he was the one telling them to be safe and he steals the watches. Why? Who's he even going to pawn those off to? And are they really worth anything? You know, it's just he doesn't need the money. The whole thing is stupid and um to keep on pushing it and pushing it like that is is really sad really really sad and uh when jeffy (laughs) when the cops pull up behind him and then they're just sitting there eating that's pretty hilarious i still thought that i was kind of sitting the whole time like well, why did they pull up behind him? I don't know. Is this really like in the same way that I love the simplicity of the filmmaking inside the house, outside of the house? I feel like this is one of the conversations you have on set where someone goes, but they're just sitting behind them. No cop would do that. They'd be running the plates. They'd be, we have to show them doing something. And then, you know, they go, no, that's not. This is real life. Sometimes a cop just pulls up and eats and they think the cab is going to pull away. Right. You can take it either way. So it worked. it ended up working for me. Um, but the way that he just speeds off and hits the car, it was, Oh my God, that was so brilliant too. That was so fun. And then he just crawling out of the thing and the buildup of Marion, Carol Burnett, his mom picking up on figuring out who saw us. we know, that's what she's looking at when he calls, um, it's really brilliant. They had been laying those seeds down from the beginning and their instant connection was destined to spoil like all of the relationships that uh, Saul, Jimmy, Gene has. Brilliant, brilliant stuff there. Her acting is fantastic too. The, the scene when Gene confronts her, was fucking frightening. And his behavior in this episode, I've never felt so removed from this character than this episode. Never. I've always felt a connection to Jimmy. Um,. I, I, maybe it's just it's maybe it's Odenkirk. I loved him, Bob and Dave. I, David, I love I just love this guy for so many years. And when he was on Breaking Bad, I was like so psyched. It was one of the things when that was announced. I was like, whoa, wow, that's amazing. You know, and uh, I just uh, I've always felt the connection to his character throughout. Like I said, even I remember him being nicer in Better Call. When you look it back, he's such a prick in Better Call Saul. I'm not, I mean, in Breaking Bad, excuse me, that, but because I like the guy and I root for him. And then I love the relationship with Chuck and Jimmy. Maybe he has some shades uh, of my brother and I in some sense, but it may be in reverse. <laughs> a little more of the Chuck. But, um, I think that uh, it uh, they've brought us to the point where I I just want this dude, I, I don't know, I, I never want anyone to go to jail, but I kind of, he something needs to be done about this motherfucker because he's just going to keep on doing things. Was he going to hit the cancer guy on the head like that and he, try to kill him or knock him out? Like, is it the old TV knock him out? I mean, you do something like that. You're—that's taking it into a whole new level. Um, if you're caught, of course, and he knows all of this. This is—it's just—it was his actions in this episode were really surprising to me. And it's that phone call. Um, it's that phone call, and he, in a sense, wants to get caught. I think we're dealing with a Mindhunter type situation here. Listen, to Heath and I, we did all of Mindhunter, the best show that was ever on Netflix. I like other shows, but it's the best. Dark, close second. Um Yeah, I can't remember what I was talking about. <laughs> I start thinking about uh, start thinking about Dark, but yeah, he's want he's he wants to get caught and that's what his actions belie and The way in which Kim is made of sterner stuff, as Mike said, and she owns up to it, right? Because in life, we all have made our mistakes. But when someone is caught or someone does something wrong and they say, hey, look, I am willing to take the consequences for it and not make excuses. I did this. You're more willing to forgive them. Potentially. Not all people, right? Potentially. All situations are different. But when the person doubles down and hurts more people in order to escape the hurt that they have hurt, they have hurt other people, (laughs) you, you don't want to be around that because it's dangerous for you. And Jimmy, Gene, Saul is dangerous to anyone he's around. Nobody's putting their hand on him. And that hand before, actually, not only is that, and, and I think that's so strange to me, there was a strange callback to when Jimmy broke down and Kim put her hand out. There was a shot. I can't remember when it was. I think it was, I th- you know what? I think it may have been when he tricked her with the, with the whole Chuck, with his license thing. And I think there's a shot where he's sitting there and he's people are walking out. So he's like still crying. And She kind of puts his hand out. We just see her hand. I could be wrong about that. But there was just that seems like a shot we've seen before. Um, but there's no hand for him. Um, you know, the it's only going to be the long arm of the law. Him running out of that house. What was he going to do to her, too? That was a that was a a question of how far he was willing to go because that was two times in this episode where he was going to potentially commit violence. And that's not a place where we've seen him go. Right. He has wheeled and dealed and talked and finagled and conned people and caused violence inadvertently, but we've not seen him be a person who's in in like multiple situations in an episode threatening violence on people who are much weaker than him too an old lady and a dude with cancer I mean come on right that's pretty despicable um I am really interested in where this next episode goes and how they kind of finalize this because as we have started this show bifurcated, kind of between Mike and Jimmy, now we are coming back full circle between Gene and Kim, right? Did she have a new name? She was still Kim. One thing that I didn't, uh, I wasn't able to confirm because I forgot to look it up, but is that, no, I think she's still, no, no, right, she's still called Kim, okay, because I remember the... um the uh, other woman she works with when the phone call comes in, she says, Kim. Um, so she hasn't like changed her. Not that she needed to, because she settled the stuff right with the cops. Albuquerque. Kim was in no way wanted. I think that's the thing that I should clear up, too, because I've been looking on the Internet and I think there are some people who are under the mistaken impression that. That she, too, was on the lam. That's why she left Albuquerque. That, like, the case was still open. I don't think that in any way exists. Whatever they told the cops, they were like, okay, you were the last people to see how they, it's a suicide. That's it. There was not, and all the other stuff, they had no connection to that at all. The Lalo, you know, they didn't have no idea that they were involved. in, Or that Kim was involved in any of that stuff. Um, so whether or not they had gotten in and found that Jimmy was Saul slash, because I have no idea, but I don't think that in any, none of that info, she was not on the run or anything like that. Um, but anyway, I think that's all I got. Um, oh wait, there was one more scene that we should talk about, which was the scene with Jesse. So we get a kind of. I love the rain, and I love when you shoot a scene when someone's smoking in the rain. There's just something about it. The neon lights. This was just so beautiful. I don't know. It just brought me back to many times working retail, smoking a cigarette, hanging under some overhang of a a store while in some mini mall in Jersey while it was raining. But uh, the little conversation they have, it's interesting, right? Kind of, it's this is this is kind of like the Mike one, which took place about 50 feet indoors um, in, in uh, Saul's uh, office. It's I kind of like <laughs> I kind of feel like Jesse was hitting on her a little bit, too, which, well, of course, he should be. But I also feel like um, it was a little awkward for me. These scenes have been a little awkward. I didn't necessarily need this. I understand it does um, have some kind of dramatic resonance and it does in some way link more of the shows, which is cool. Um, and, you know, Kim kind of has a line. He was good when I knew him, you know, that times have changed. He's a different person now. It's kind you know, I mean, I don't have too much to say about it. I, I think... It's okay. It's, I don't need any more of this, and I honestly really didn't need this. And I kind of think Aaron Paul looks way too good. It like they should have been like, "Hey, dude, could you like, maybe, I don't know, not like eat hamburgers for a week or something? Like your skin is too clear. You're just, I mean, obviously the guy he's a multi-million dollar actor. You know, this is what he does. He looks good. He's probably in super duper shape too." But like that's not what Jesse was, you know. Like, so it's looking a little less, uh, you know, methy, um, a little too clean for me. The clothes were a little too clean too. But I know this was a time too where they were je- where I, this was when he was first. Uh, well, what was what's his name? Badger got caught, right? And he was first, uh, or was it Skinny Pete? I can't remember. And this this is when they're first going to meet Saul. So it's along the line I like the I do like the the thematic gesture of this stuff earlier was Mike when they were first meeting Walt and this is when they were first meeting Saul so it's like beginnings and this is in a sense an end for us so it I like that I'm not I'm not complaining I don't think it's you know I'm not going to call out fan service or whatever, because I don't really understand what that means. That means so many different things to different people and people enjoy different things, you know? But for me in particular, I like this scene. The thing I like the best was that it was in the rain and we got to kind of hang out in front. of. It just looks great. The colors, the red, white, and blue, like the, it just, it just looked really awesome to me and the way Kim ran through the rain too, I thought was awesome. Uh, just a cool little scene again, didn't really need it. Um, thank you, Reginald for your email. Thank you. Solo, even though you weren't with me, you were with me in my mind. And look, I hit a half hour So that's kind of right. I should talk half the episode solo should talk the other half. So for the next half hour, folks, after you turn this off, just close your eyes and imagine that Heath is retorting to my points. But he will be back next week for the finale. Where are we going to go? Wherever they take us, I'm okay. Still have the feeling that the show kind of ended a couple of episodes ago and all we're getting now is is good stuff. But I think at the end of next episode, this is going to feel like a full epilogue to me. Um, and I'm interested. I'm interested if any if we see a Chuck memory or something or. I, I still would that would still kind of be cool if they end up in a prison together. Do I have any theories? Let's see going in. I really don't. I mean, it could be that they end up in jail together. Um, and then just begrudgingly accept it. But, uh, but do they put men and women in jail together? <laughs> they don't, uh, they don't do that. So they're not going to end up in jail together. Foley get it right. Uh, I, uh, here I am, uh, indicting the criminal justice system and I can't even remember. <laughs> but, um, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like Jimmy's gonna, is he gonna, I don't know. I go to jail die I feel like he's just going to run off again and I feel like Kim is going to maybe serve a little bit of time but not much or have a fine or you know just turn states evidence or something or maybe it'll even bring her back to Albuquerque Um, who knows maybe it could my greatest hope if we're going to complete a kind of Kimisance here is for her to come back to Albuquerque and be that young woman she saw in the courthouse when she was going to drop off um, her statement that reminded her of herself helping the put helping that dude put a tie on so he looked good for his uh, hearing. That's what I hope that she she goes back because she did love. That's what she loved. This character, we've seen her ups, her downs, this and that. But the time when she has felt the best about herself and the thing that she seems to really gravitate towards is helping other people. She doesn't really seem to be doing that um, at, the, at the Pipeworks factory in Florida. Um, I think that that would be, for me, the greatest thing. I think it would be very cool Um, Palm Coast Sprinklers, it's called, sorry. I'd love to see Kim come back. And it would be kind of interesting, too, that... Because you think about it, this was the last episode that Vince Gilligan directed of of the Breaking Bad Better Call Saul universe. He's now been doing interviews and Alan Sepinwall over at Rolling Stone... Has become kind of his go-to guy. He's been writing about this show forever too. Like he did with The Sopranos as well. And other shows. The Leftovers. Um, and uh, he's been he's moving on. He said this is the last thing they're doing. Um, I'm okay with that. I think some people would like a Kim spinoff. You know. Great actress. She can do a lot of other different things. I'm always for new things. So I'm okay that this is the end, but is it going to end this? This started in Albuquerque with a school teacher with cancer, right? In what way are we going to end it turning breaking bad though? He was already bad. Are we going to end it with Kim kind of coming back and helping people and trying to correct a system? maybe right or not career you know no one person can do that but do her best to be there for people who are caught up in it be an anti-con woman um that would be kind of cool but uh they've got tricks up their sleeves i'm sure great episode thank you again for listening to me go solo I think I did a pretty good job I didn't really meander too much I kind of kept on uh, uh, kept on the notes and such so we'll leave it here DVRpodcast.com. don't forget we're also covering Westworld we're going to be covering House of the Dragon Gina's is going to be covering Handmaid's Tale and uh Who knows what's next for us? We'll see. Check us out, DVRPodcast.com. Thanks again, everyone. Thanks for listening. Love you all. Thanks, Reginald. Thanks, Solo. Peace.